Have you guys ever been hit with like a blindsided comment that make you that made you just like stop in your tracks? Like, especially over the, the holiday season, I think our families are coming into town and we got like the weird cousins and the aunt that says something that you're just like, oh, I can't believe she just went there, right? Or, or something like that where you're just like, oh, snap, what's gonna happen? Or sometimes it, it could just be an everyday life when um, like a good friend of yours would say something that would um, stop you in your tracks. Uh, I was eating um, a dinner over at, at Joe's house and, and Sean was there too. And Joe and I, there's this big old bowl of guacamole and there's chips, and you know, there's like, and we're just like, all the guys are just like huddled around this bowl of guacamole, and we are feasting, right? We are feasting, and then Sean's just standing there, like Sean does. He's a cool guy. He's awesome. But he's just standing there, and I'm like, why isn't it, like, there's that, why, I'm fine eating more guacamole than he can, but like, why, why isn't he partaking? Like, Sean, why aren't you eating guacamole? And he's like, I don't like guacamole. And then Joe and I were like, <gasps> That's like blasphemy. Who doesn't like guacamole? And um, Sean, you're awesome, but you don't like guacamole. But it stopped us in our tracks. And, and it's, uh, there's the blindsided things can um, really just throw you off. And all of a sudden, um, you're just like caught off guard. One of my favorite things to do, especially during the holiday season, um, is to just pray with random strangers. And I believe that... Um, that if you want to change the world, you got to change the square feet around you. And so um, Sean and I, another Sean story, uh, we, we went to the mall and um, we were going to just pray with random strangers. And this was last year and it was Sean's turn to go first. And by first, I mean like the very first conversation of the lunch hour, he had to initiate a conversation with someone um, and he was just going first. And so we just go up to this guy who happened to be working a kiosk and he was uh, selling those tens units, which are like, they hook you up to electricity, great idea, right? And then they just shock your muscles and it's supposed to be pleasant, but you're hooked up to electricity, which stresses me out. And so um, we go up to this guy and this guy's like, hey, do you want to try some of these TENS units on? And um, Sean says something to the effect of, um, I will if you hear what I got to say. And like immediately the guy just like, all right, Sean clearly has an agenda. And so this guy's name's Dusty, and, and, and so Dusty's like, well, what are you selling? And I love Sean because he's bold, and he'll just say stuff, and he's just like, Jesus? <laughs> just straight up. That's, and, and I'm just like, I'm hooked up to electricity, so I'm already stressed out, and this guy's like coming in, like all of a sudden you just see his, Dusty's demeanor change, and you could just see like the barrier just going like up, and Dusty just kind of sits back. And he's like, so you believe in God? And Sean was like, absolutely. And then Dusty goes off on Sean. And he's like, oh, then you must believe in Santa Claus. You must believe in the Tooth Fairy and the Easter Bunny. And like, Sean's just smiling, taking it. I'm hooked up to electricity. And, and I'm like, this guy's gonna like, turn it up to 10 on Sean. And I could see inside, Sean is just being pleasant on the outside, but on the inside, I could just see his soul just going, get me out of here. And he just starts going crazy. Um, and it, it completely caught us off guard. And at this point, I didn't say anything. So I was like, I'm not with him. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'll buy three. <laughs> I'll be on your good side. But, you know, we the way that he came across like was mad and angry and, and very strong. And he's trying to prove his point. And it just caught us both off guard in a huge way. And I was lucky enough, obviously, to not be um, actually speaking in the whole thing. I honestly just, I think I just laughed, didn't I? <laughs> I just started laughing. Sean was, was stuck with it. But as we walked away, um, Sean and I, we began to pray. And, and I've, I've prayed for Dusty many times since then and everything but there are a lot of people out there that have that same demeanor when it comes to God. And 
it can all stem from this way of thinking that if God is real or if God is good, then how can bad stuff happen? I've talked to a lot of different strangers and a lot of them go to the, the, the area where Dusty um, hopefully just, just was at that time. I, I hope that he has since found Jesus. But um, to, to the extent of even atheism, of, of not believing that there even is a God because how can there be a God if, if tragedy happens, if, if, some, if these bad things happen? And we're in our, our last week of this series called I, I Believe, I Want to Believe, But. And we're tackling tonight the, the question of I want to believe, but I just don't think God cares. And it's that image of God that can seem heartless. It, it's, a, it's a heartless sort of view of God. And I could imagine that some of Dusty's story would include something to the effect of Something bad happened to someone close to him or um, something that at least moved in his heart, some sort of a tragedy, some, something that, that wasn't deserved in his opinion. And then all of a sudden, when we get into that place of this, this isn't fair, all of a sudden our view of God changes and our, our view of God sort of gets um, demented into this idea of fairness. Um, and we see it a lot. And we don't see it with just people that don't believe like, um, like Dusty at that point in time. But like some, some friends of, of my wife and I and other people in ministry that I've known um, have, have dealt with tragedy in their life and they're in ministry and things that, that aren't fair. Because we asked, how many, how many of you have ever asked the question in your head, why does bad stuff happen to good people? But that, that's a common thing that we would, we would ask ourselves. And, and I think that when we see the terrible things um, on our news feeds and things like that, that's a question that just pops up in, it's popped up in my heart many times. And it, it, it honestly makes me super sad. It, it moves my heart because I see um, tragedies like school shootings and, and, and suicides and, and racist attacks and things like that. Natural disasters like hurricanes that come in. Um, the two hurricanes that, that hit this last year, like because of social media, like we, we, you could actually see the carnage that, the, that they, the hurricanes brought. And it's like, how can God allow this sort of thing is the question that builds up in our heart or the question that builds up in our minds, especially of, of our view of God and how it can be different. Some of us have experienced different kinds of abuse in different ways, um, or, or we know someone that's been abused um, physically, emotionally, sexually, or something like that. And it's like these terrible things happen in this world. And if you're that person or you know that person, um, it could lead you to just ask the question, why? Why does this stuff happen? And it just doesn't seem to be fair. Now, it could be that you're, you know, praying for something, praying for something to happen, something that you know God can do, and it just doesn't seem to happen. And, and you know that, that there's a breakthrough and that you see other people have success in certain places, and it just doesn't seem to happen. Or you're trying your best. You're trying to be the perfect student or the perfect, uh, the perfect son or the perfect daughter, and you just, just can't seem to get ahead in life. Have you ever felt that way about grades or, or about um, your relationship with your mom or your relationship with your dad? And if you've ever felt like that, I want you to know that you're not alone that there's so many people out there, me included, that struggle with the same sort of stuff. Like, I just can't get ahead. And, it's just, it's just, and it just always comes back to this point of, it's just, it just doesn't seem fair. And then there's a lot of people in the Bible that experience the exact same thing. And because the people in the Bible are, are full of real emotion and, and real um, passion and mistakes and victories, just like you and I are. David, 
He says stuff to the extent um, that, that we say when we um, experience tragedy and heartache. He says things, he cries out to God and he says, are you even listening? Do you even care? Those are, those are things that David said. Job, if you want a book that will mess with your mind, read Job. All right, Job, that dude went through some stuff. I mean, Satan actually asked God permission to mess with Job and, and God's like, Job's my man, go for it. And then all of a sudden, like Job loses his, his wealth, his businesses, um, all of his stuff. He loses his family. He, he gets boils all over his skin. He finds out he has really jerk friends. Um, and then his wife ends up telling him, why don't you just curse God and die? That's a rough go. That's a rough go. Overall, I think. I think we can be thankful for our lives if we just read Job a little bit. And it's, it's one of the, the, the best pictures of how this looks in scripture of like just this struggle between like, is, is God good or does he even care? Is with the character in the Bible, that his name is John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist was the cousin of Jesus. All right, so Mary's cousin Elizabeth gave birth to um, John the Baptist. And John's purpose in life, in, in, purpose in life was to declare the way, declare that Jesus is coming. That's what his whole job was, and he did a good job of it. He, um, after 400 years of silence uh, from God talking to the prophets, John the Baptist was a prophet. And then all of a sudden, he's got like people coming to him because he's saying these words like the Messiah is coming, Jesus is on his way. And then Jesus, um, you know, shows up and the people are like, should we follow John? And John's like, I'm not even uh, like don't follow me, you need to follow God. And then when Jesus shows up, John himself is like, I'm not even worthy to like untie his sandals. Like John is humble. He's the dude that baptizes Jesus, all right? And then witnesses the Holy Spirit come and settle upon Jesus before he started his ministry. And then, you know, Jesus does all those miracles. He does, you know, turns water into wine and he raises the dead and all this stuff. And John knows all this. John knows all this. Now, there comes a point in John's story where he's arrested and then thrown in prison because he was doing what was right. John was arrested, thrown into prison because he was doing what was right and true. So a bad thing happened to a good person right there, right? John's in prison, but John knows Jesus. And he, like, I had imagined that, like, as John is spending year after year in prison, he's probably like, it's okay. Jesus is the man. I bet, like, I would imagine if I was John, I'd be like, just one day, Jesus is just going to all of a sudden storm this prison because he's going to get me out of this bondage. He's going he's gonna to make these terrible things not happen to me because I've been, I've been righteous. I've been good and all this stuff. And so all of a sudden, Jesus is going to just, just come in with like some really big, buff, awesome angels that are going to like just break open the prison. Just, and then all the bad guys will get hemorrhoids. And then like, oh, you know, and then, and Jesus just like comes walking through the door and it's like a silhouette and like an orchestra rises and Jesus will just walk up to John and the doors will just fly open and they'll fist bump. <sighs> right? I, I could imagine, now I added a lot of stuff. I added everything there. But like, I, I imagine if that was me, I would, I would have that some sort, of, some sort of thing. But year after year goes by in prison and John ends up sending a guy to Jesus with this question. Are you the one we've been waiting for or not? So even John the Baptist, cousin of Jesus, one that saw all this stuff happen, comes to this point where he says, basically, does God even care? Are you really the one, Jesus, or not? See, no one's alone when we have 
thoughts like that, when we have our heart aches for the, the bad things that happen. And if you've ever been in that place that you wanted to believe but didn't, seem like God cared you're not the only one. When it comes to sermons like this, just let me tell you, I'm not gonna have every answer to every single question you have. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have every answer, but I will point you to the one who does. And that, that goes for every single one of us as pastors. We, our purpose in life is to point you to the one who has the answers. When it comes to these questions of why bad things happen to good people and why do good things happen to bad people, whenever you bring those questions into your mind, you're calling the fairness of God into question. Is God fair? And there's two things that you need to remember when you're asking yourself, is God fair right now? The things in your life, is God fair right now? And the first thing that you need to remember is that God has a purpose in your pain. God has a purpose in your pain. Even if our pain, or even in our pain, God is still good and he's still working in it. Your pain can look a lot of different ways. I mean, someone lets you down, that hurts, that's pain. If you lose something important, that's, that's pain. Like I, I'll lose my calendar cards for Chick-fil-A and it hurts my heart. It does, I, I mean, um, but, it, but it could be something as, as, as small as like someone takes advantage of you or something like that, or life just doesn't go the way you want from something as big as like a cancer um, in your family or in your life to like a sore throat. Like all of those things have some sort of pain around it. You just get a flat tire on your way to school or something, something just goes wrong. Um, but Peter said it very well when he's talking about pain and sorrow, and he says it in 1 Peter 1. He says, so be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. I wanna point out something right here that Peter's talking about. He's talking about this idea of refining gold. And in the, in the days in which Peter did this, how a goldsmith or someone that, that makes gold figurines or whatever, how he purifies gold is that he puts gold in a cast iron-like mold and he heats it up, all right, to make it molten. And so it's liquid, liquid gold, and it's super hot, right? But what happens is, as that fire um, heats that gold up, all of the crud and the junk floats to the top and the pure metal kind of settles at the bottom. And what the goldsmith does is he skims that, the junk off the top of it. And then when he knows it's pure, back in this day, when he knows it's pure, he, he knows it by seeing his own reflection in it. The person molding this gold, the, the, this, the guy that's creating this masterpiece out of gold, how he knows it's pure is he can see his own reflection in it. There's a purpose in your pain and when you come out the other side, you look more like God. You look more like God. And when you're in the midst of that pain and that truth rings in your heart, all of a sudden that pain almost feeds your fire. You're just like, if God has a purpose, I want to know what it is, obviously, so I can get out of this time of pain and this time of sorrow, but I want to be more like God. Is that not the goal of us as Jesus followers? to be more like him, to, to, to want to be closer to him. And the more that the creator looks and sees his own reflection in you, the more, the more pure you are. And fire and pain has, has a place in that. And that's not the only way that God um, purifies us and, and, and works with us, but just know that if you're in a season of pain, that there's purpose behind it. In the middle of pain, God still has purpose. 
The second thing that we need to think about when we're, when we're thinking is, is God fair? Is the first one obviously is that there's purpose in our pain. The second one is God is present in your pain. Psalm 46, one says, God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. It says ever present help in trouble. It's not like God's going, yeah, that sucks for you. If you make it over here, you're good. And he just like says it from a distance. All right, that, that's how the law works. Like when we look at the rules in the Bible, it's just like, yeah, you're off the mark. And that's all, that's all it does. But see, God's not like that. God's not like that. God's like, I will be with you in the pain. I will walk with you through the hurt because I promise you this, if you're hurting, God hurts with you. God hurts with you. There's some friends that were very close to Robin and I and they're, uh, they're a couple and their name's uh, Kenny and Bethany. And, and Kenny was a really good friend of mine and, um, and, and Bethany, they're, they're married and we, um, just, we were just really good friends. And we watched um, from the sidelines uh, tragedy strike in their, in their family. And um, Kenny and Bethany had dated for a long time and, and they had a, a child. And basically what, what happened, Satan kind of got his um, claws in between them, in between Kenny and Bethany. And, and, and Bethany um, left Kenny for another man. And as, as someone that, you know, we see we see stuff on the tabloids and things like that and it's far from us and we're like, oh, that sucks. But when you watch a close friend go through um, betrayal and pain like that, you watch someone's heart bleed in front of you that you care about. It changes, it changes it all. And I watched from the sidelines and I, I walked through a bit of this with Kenny um, and it was a, over a year process um, and he, he fought for uh, the marriage, and he fought as, as long and as hard as he could. And um, coming out the other side, since there's, there's been, um, the, the, they did divorce. Um, and, and Bethany is still, still dear to our hearts too. And, and she's someone that, that we pray for constantly as well. But, but um, Kenny is someone that uh, is, is someone that, that, that found um, who he truly was in the midst of that pain because God walked with him through it. And sometimes we don't, we don't find our purpose till we're hindsight, what God's purpose was through that pain. But Kenny repeatedly said that he felt God more in the midst of it, in the midst of working through tragedy and sorrow and family splitting, then he, he, he wouldn't have felt as close to God after the fact. And it's, it's, it's hard to, to watch someone go through that and, and to hurt like that. But Kenny said that he looked more like God after that pain, his ability to love someone else, his ability to love um, the wife that, that he has now. And, and it's such a wonderful, wonderful marriage. And it's, it's so beautiful to see who he is in that. Um, and, and Kenny coming to, to love who God says that he is. Like that sort of stuff is something that you can't explain. It's something that you can you can only experience. You can't put words on it exactly, but when you have been there, when when God has carried you through mud and through blood and through through tears and through 
like the loss of everything that you had ever held dear. When God pulls you up out of that, then your story is written through um, that, that experience and that closeness with him. And in the midst of your pain, you will feel him. Paul in the Bible is a, is a testament to, to what this can look like. Um, in 2 Corinthians 12, this is what Paul says. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults and the hardships and the persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, once you go through that, when, I'm, when you're weak, you're actually strong. And you're, your mind can shift in the midst of pain to say, I can delight in the headaches because they draw me closer to Christ. Or I can delight in, in this, this school struggle um, with, with a certain teacher or with um, someone in my class or something like that uh, because, you know what, God, God is still going to be good in this. He's still going to be able to, to bless my relationships. God, you can delight um, in job searches um, over, over the winter or the summer because God is your provider. You can delight in a hard season because God's gonna be able to, to break you of, of self-sufficiency um, and actually teach you how to like um, be able to, to the lean on him. You can delight in lonely seasons because you learn that God is with you always and, and you start to look at your pain in a different manner. So when we call God's fairness into question, we always ask these questions. Why do good things happen to bad people? Why do bad things happen to good people? Now, I'm not always a good person. There's something that, I know I'm a pastor and everything like that, but I'm not a good person. There's something, it's true, Jail says. And Jail's witnessed what I'm about to say multiple times. Um, but so there's some, I'm competitive, okay? And when, like, I, I have a hard time going like, you know, 80% or 50%, it's like 100% or 0%. And um, it's very selfish of me. What happens is like, I hate losing to Joe. Joe just, I uh, hate losing to him. He's like one of my closest friends. I'm just like, um, when he beats me. And so Joe's tall and he can like jump a thousand feet in the air and stuff. He's really good at basketball. Uh, and I just hate losing to him in basketball. And so there's something that I do and it's called the reset button. Okay, and this is what I do to Joe. Like when we're playing all hard and everything like that and he starts winning, I Basically, like, have you ever played a video game or something like that and someone starts beating you and you turn it off? You know what I'm talking about? You just take your ball and go home? That's what I do to Joe during a basketball game, okay? So like, I'm in the middle, like we're in the middle of playing and then I'll just like stop caring. I'll just be like, hook shot, half court. And then like, like he'll, he'll, he'll like go to like dribble around me and I'll just let him go. And all of a sudden he stops, he stops. He stops trying to, and it just makes him mad. It ruins the whole game, and it's super selfish of me just because, like, I'll just quit if I don't win. It's <laughs> basically what happens. Or then, like, he stops caring, and then I play 100% again, and I win somehow. Um, but I'm not perfect, so when we ask the question, like, why do bad things happen to good people? Good is fickle because we fall short of God's standard no matter what. So no matter what your opinion of good is, you or I or anyone on the planet won't measure up to God. So is God fair? No, God's not fair. Oh my gosh, did a pastor just say that? Yes, I did. God's not fair. And thank God he isn't fair because if he was fair, then I'd get what I deserve. 
The Bible says we all deserve death. Thank God that he's not fair. But because he's not fair, it means that he's just. Because he's just, he sent Jesus to pay the price for every single thing that we've ever done. And when we call God's goodness into question, I think back, and I've done this in my own heart, but I think back, if God's not good, how could he send his one and only son to die? Who, Jesus never deserved death. He never did anything. He was perfect. But he died for your heart, for my heart, for every single person's heart in this entire planet. He died for you. God is just. It's not, it's not about fairness. Psalm 103, 10 through 12 says this, he does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve for his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. There's no question that God can turn any situation around for his glory and for our benefit. And this includes the most evil, terrible things that you could ever think of. But that's the story of his greatness and his redemptive purpose, but it does not represent his design. What I'm saying is, God doesn't design bad things to happen. He doesn't, he doesn't cause that stuff to happen. God's goodness is beyond our ability to even comprehend. But God's goodness is not beyond our ability to experience. Our hearts will take us where our heads can't fit. Because there's questions that we just don't have the answer to. But we can experience, we can experience how good God is. And when you experience his goodness, when you experience his love, we, we sang that song. His love is reckless, the reckless love of God. It chases you down. It fights till you're found. It leaves 99 others to just find you. We can experience God. We experience his purpose in our pain. We can experience his presence in our pain. And when we do, we no longer call question God's fairness because that's mute point but we can see that his love is tenaciously after us and then when the times when the enemy wants to creep into our minds of I want to believe but I just don't think God cares ask God to come close and he will and I think that no matter who you were we're just in the, in the worship set you can feel that caring heart of God Psalm 34, eight says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. My prayer for us tonight is to just ask God for a taste of him. When we do that, especially in the midst of pains in our life, we'll be able to experience and see purpose and feel his presence. 
So everybody close your eyes. Just take a big deep breath in and then let it out nice and slow. Center your heart on seeking where God is right now next to you. Jesus, I pray, God, that we can feel you in the, in the now, right now, Jesus. And that God is, as you are here, I pray, Lord, that we can invite you into our pain. Anybody is in, in this room right now that it's just all the eyes closed. And if you're in, the, in a season of pain, whatever kind of pain, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, any sort of pain, I just want you to lift your hand in the air right now. It's like 80% of us. I just want to, I want to pray for you right now. God, I pray, Jesus, that every single heart in this room can invite you, Jesus, that we can just let you in to our pain. And that, Lord, that as we do that, as we, as we seek you in this, Lord, that, that we can experience your presence in it. That when we hurt, you hurt with us. You are close to the brokenhearted, Jesus. Your word says that. And I pray that every heart that is, that is hurting right now, that has pain of some kind, I pray, Lord, that you can provide them with a vision of what that purpose is in it, God, how you're re refining them, God, because you, you don't cause pain, but you, we, you better believe it that you'll make it something good. You'll bring something brighter, something more pure, something wonderful out of it. That is your character. That is your, your caring and your loving heart. So I pray over every single hand raised and every heart here, Jesus, that we can believe that you are working for good in this. God, I pray for, for healings of these pains as well, physical healings right now in the name of Jesus. And I just ask you, God, um, to heal hearts, God, to, to, to give hope, to let faith, be refined and strong and love above, and God above all else, love. Let, let your love hug these hearts in this room. God, we love you. We thank you, especially in this season of knowing Jesus, what your sacrifice meant for you coming here. We celebrate your birth here, God. I pray that as we look upon that, we can find your presence and your purpose. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. In your heavenly name, amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening at 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.